podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Post Pod Steve Wellings here. Someone's floating about there. I think it's Hater Dave on the call. Matty Di Gelonardo is with us as well. So is Andy Patterson. Hope you're enjoying yourselves there. Listening live and exclusive. I was just explaining to the boys there. Off air. This should be one of the greatest heavyweight nights of recent history. We should be enjoying this post fight pod together. And I have taken a huge fucking L tonight, man. My internet has been absolutely <laughs> shit. Just before we come online, I did a speed check. 0.58 upload speed. I have barely watched any of the early part of the fight. So you guys are going to have to help me on through here. Andy, I'm going to do as less talking as possible because <laughs> I am lacking the knowledge. <laughs> fucking EE, man. I am going fucking ballistic on Monday oh, morning mate, with them. I, I let do. me know. Let me know. How, <laughs> how big was your boner in the third round, Andy? That's what everyone wants to know. Never made the third round, mate. I feel, I feel Steve's pain because um, I was obviously team stream tonight. I was team illegal stream. And it's been absolutely rock solid. Been no glitches. Does it dropped off? Crystal clear HD. Didn't need to phone Johnny, the fucking infernal twig guy. But can I just say, what a fight! It was fantastic. I thought it delivered what we expected it to deliver. Actually, um, fair play to Joshua. He did try to kind of press the fight once. I tell you, what, I was shocked at, at Usyk's quick start. I did say to these guys last week that he had to, you know, had to uh, start fast. He did that the first three, four rounds, and then Joshua came in at about the fifth, sixth, and seventh. Good win in the, in the seventh by Usyk, actually. Really fucking good day, good seventh round. Uh, dropping the uh, straight left hands in there. A lot of kind of feints. That was the thing uh, for me, actually, was the fact that he was drawing Joshua to kind of like throw him and try and punch him. But he was fainting him. He was drawing the feints, and Usyk, uh, Joshua was automatically reacting to it. So he was obviously getting very, very wary to the straight left hands. It was... For me, at least, the, the the first left hand that Usyk landed in the first round was very early doors. For me, at least, it got Joshua thinking straight away. Uh, and Usyk held centre ring for the best part of that fight. Because um, if you look at it, very very seldom was, was Usyk on the ropes. Possibly once or twice. Grappled maybe three or four times possibly later on in the fight. But that left hand, straight left hand for Usyk was, was, was the money punch. Joshua, for all his credit, actually did really well in the, in, in the middle rounds. He was trying to kind of like, obviously jo- uh, the uh, good jab, straight right hand was coming to uh, play a couple of times and that. But Usyk ate, by the way, he ate those right hands and he came back for time to time, fucking firing right back at him. Dropped a few shots to the body, Joshua, a couple uppercuts and that as well. You could see Usyk maybe complaining a wee bit about some low blows and that, but ultimately that twelfth round, I was roaring my head off in the last. But 50 seconds of that uh, that round, I thought Joshua was ready to get taken out. Usyk's piling the pressure, and I'm watching it just now, actually. Usyk's, uh, Joshua up against the ropes, he's sticking his tongue out, he's got the swollen eye. Usyk's just teeing off on him and that. And I just thought there was the only way they could they could beat Usyk based off those, those rounds that I watched, and that was like, they would totally rob him. But fair play, they've got it right. First time every time they've spotted. I had it 171-11 for Usyk. And... Uh, Fantastic performance. Gave Joshua fits for the vast majority of that fight. Usyk, as I say, he had problems maybe middle rounds, taking body shots, right uppercuts and that. And the fair play to the guy. Absolutely delighted for a match because, you know, been waiting for the start. Followed them all over Europe. Went to Eastern Europe to go and watch him as well. Couldn't get a visa to go to Russia to watch him against Gazaev. So mm. I'm absolutely delighted that he's pulled this off and that because I say to the missus and that as well, that, um, 
she, well, she, she reminded me actually that I've, I've been the only person she's heard talk about boxing over the last so many years and that. And when it comes to Joshua and that, she hears like the casuals talk about Joshua and that. Nobody that she knew was back in music apart from me. And then he's obviously pulled it off. So I feel fucking delighted for a man. He's going to go back, you know, heavyweight champ. He's got big Vitaly in the corner there, shaking hands with him. Absolutely tremendous, tremendous fight for me at least. I mean, good technical battle. Both guys played their part. Uh, fucked undercard. The main event delivered for me at least anyway. So uh, fair play to the guys. Good, good fight. And I'm very, very excited that fucking Joshua won. Uh, sorry, uh, Yusuf won that fight. Tremendous. Good stuff, Andy. I did see the last two rounds and Yusuf was absolutely dominating from what I saw. Ryan Deal's throwing in a five New Zealand dollar super chat. He said, Whoa. Deal. Thank you very much, Ryan, to you indeed. Matty's getting excited over there. We're going to Aussie shortly. But first of all, big Ben Farouki's out there live and in Technicolor. Ben, what you see and what did you see tonight? Oh, like I said to you guys in the chat, I've been to many, many boxing fights around the world in my time, but that was the best fight I've been to, I think. The atmosphere was electrifying. The, watching Usyk, you know, that was a thing of beauty, man. The movement, just everything he did tonight was, was amazing. I think that's probably the best, the best I've ever seen in my life live, you know. Um, yeah, I'm still, I'm still in awe of what I've just seen, really. And we're just here waiting for the press conference to start. You can see all the media, there's Ukrainian media there. They were going crazy when the final bell went. They knew, obviously, we all knew, and they were celebrating like crazy. And uh, yeah, we're just getting ready for the post fight presser to start here. Um, yeah, amazing. Can't wait for the rematch, uh, which, well, we know it's in the clause. And I assume Joshua would want to exercise it. It doesn't make sense really for him not to, but uh, I don't think there'll be any change in the uh, in the outcome but yeah it was just um it really was a, a thing of beauty to watch cheers ben stick with us as long as you want sir good to have you on there yes i did wonder as patrick sweeney throws in a uh, norwegian 200 uh, what is it andy kroners or something is that um, yeah, no, uh, tw- 20 Norwegian, uh, 200 Norwegian kroners, mate, it's about 20 quid, so cheers to Patrick Sweeney. Uh, he's a, he's a Patreon that. subscriber as well, so is Ryan Deal, yeah. so the boys are throwing in plenty of money to us each month, much appreciated. We yeah. are loved, we are loved. That uh, keeps us in weed, mate, for the next couple of months, mate. Class, thanks very much, Patrick. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, use, use it to yes. buy a fucking sound streaming option, would you? Or for Steve, at least, to go Yeah, Steve, get an internet <laughs> upgrade. Andy, get a fucking Inferno twig. I mean, you know, mate, let's invest in ourselves. Mate, I'm going to get an here. Inferno twig, man. I'm going to have to. I've watched the legal stream in the HD. I've got Roy Jones in the zone speaking clarity this new by. We don't got any brain damage. Steve needs to upgrade to fiber fucking broadband state for EE. It's 40 quid a month, man. Bastards. Don't, don't get me started. 40 quid a month, I pay that for that. I'll tell you what, don't, don't get me started, Andy. You need to calm down you're here. You're raging now, mate. I know you're <laughs> raging. I can hear it. Mate, listen, I'll, I'll, hit, I'll hit you up. I'll hit the torrents for you. I'll upload it for you. I'll send it to you. And you can enjoy it. <laughs> and uh, Honestly, mate, I, I, it was, for me at least, it was, it was a culmination of excellence. That's what it was, mate. It was, I was kind of worried midway point that he maybe gas out mm. that seventh round you know you look usually it was gas but he still won the fucking round but anyways get the guys involved here. get the guys on indeed yeah i'm gonna watch it again tomorrow in full so tomorrow night i will be uh well informed ozzy you've seen it all all 12 rounds what did you make of it sir a tremendous performance mate absolutely <laughs> tremendous and for those that said size matters how wrong are they 
How wrong are they? Eat my ass. It was a masterclass. Absolute masterclass. Particularly towards the end. And it just shows that regardless of size, somewhat, we're not talking, you know, like about eight, nine pounds at the lower weights. You know, if Deontay Wilder weighs in at 212 and then Tyson Fury weighs in at 260, we're not talking about size, are we? But in this instance, because somebody's coming up from cruiserweight to heavyweight, the size is a factor. And it proved absolutely nothing. Joshua's, Joshua was bamboozled in there and ultimately stunned several times. And look at the way he was busted up at the end of it as well. A tremendous, tremendous performance from Alexander Uzik. Um, he clearly goes above, you know, the, the way he outboxed Joshua. What a brilliant performance. And and now, I, Ben was saying, you know, he needs to exercise the rematch clause. I disagree. I really disagree because what can Joshua do different? The answer is nothing. Absolutely nothing. He was the one who dropped the weight. He came in leaner. He tried to, you know, like adapt to what Uzik was going to do. What did he do? Nothing. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. I think Joshua would be better waiting for the out. Obviously, he's going to see the outcome of Fury Wilder. And then at the end of the day, regardless of what happens, Fury against Joshua is still a bigger fight than Fury against Usyk. Now, providing Fury wins, um, that is the bigger fight, without a doubt. So if, if I'm Joshua, I would not exercise that rematch clause whatsoever because Regardless of what we think, you know, like what people think, he is still a moneymaker. He still puts bums on seats. And that's what people care about. That is ultimately what people care about. And it, it was just a tremendous display. And like I said, we, I, I was one who picked Uzik last week. I said it would go on to points. I didn't think he'd stop him. And to be fair, Joshua was busted up at the end. But it was a tremendous display. And I think we saw the Uzik of the Cruiserweight division. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, people were looking into, well, look at his performance against Chaz Witherspoon. Look at his performance against Derek Chisora. Read nothing into that. Alexander Ruzik did not fear Chaz Witherspoon, who was a big fat lump, big chippy tits, who came in, you know, with a week's notice, you know, a big slobby belly. And he, he, he just didn't come out to win. And then you had Big Del Boy, who, you know, gave it a go for two or three rounds. And, yeah, he did cause problems, without a doubt. I say he caused problems, but then Uzik adapted. And then what did he do after that? He absolutely dominated. And then he's had time, he's built into the weight, and he's come in and boxed Joshua and put on an absolute masterclass and a tremendous performance. And had Joshua have won tonight, it would have been Joshua's career best win, without a doubt. And tonight, um, Alexander Uzik, he has registered his career best win, in my opinion. He's put on a masterclass and he's done something, you know, like one of very few cruiserweights do. He's come up, he's dominated, he looked excellent and he's proved, you know, the experts wrong. The experts that say, a lot of them that say, if you've not boxed, you've not, on a, you've not got an opinion, you can't read a fight. Well, us guys that have not had a professional fight, called the way this fight would go and what happened. Will we get any credit? Absolutely not. But all I say is we give all the credit to Alexander Ruzik. Well said, Ozzy. Credit to the boys as well who throw in the super chats in. James Windsor says AJ can redeem himself by KOing White. Thank you to James very much indeed. Ian Cleeter as well has said, just delighted the judges 
didn't rob you sick uh, hated yeah, absolutely absolutely exactly hey to dave what are you thinking about the judges there? Were you hearing 117, 112? I think it was one of them, 116, 112. It was getting a bit closer, 115, 113 for Howard Foster. Were you getting a little bit twitchy there, Dave, or did you think that the right man would get it all along? Well, you're always going to be twitchy in in uh, that arena, in that country, with the uh, matchroom promoting the fight, everything behind AJ. Uh, even though I felt Usyk certainly left no doubt, especially the way he closed the show in the 11th and 12th rounds, he didn't sit on his lead, and that was huge. That was that was one of the big surprises for, for me tonight because I, I could have foreseen a technical, tactical, tit-for-tat sort of fight where Usyk gets the better of it, landing the cleaner work, and, and has shows better defense. I did not foresee that kind of a flurry from Usyk late on, and Beautiful. I think he had AJ about ready to go. If not hurt, he was about ready to quit. He he looked totally like he didn't want to be there. Um, and that was down to Usyk's good work and pressure. And uh, I, I saw like Twitter was saying, you know, like Usyk's looking tired here, like halfway through the fight. He got his second win because he just came out, I think, in the 10th. And from then on, it was just full on, full pace, didn't let up and just kind of beat his ass for the last three rounds. Excellent way to close the close the show and kind of I don't think he allowed the judges to rob him by doing that um I think if they could have they would have um but yeah it was very clear decision excellent result really fun to see I of course picked uh AJ uh to win because I tend to pick against the person I want to win just so that I win either way if if if, if I (laughs) If Usyk loses, I, I I can pretend that I'm smart, and if uh, Usyk wins, then I'm such happy. a hater. <laughs> Fucking love it, love well, it. I love I love the fight. I, I have to say that my stream was a bit shite, so um, I missed. Uh, you should have come at me. You should come at me. Always you, come at your. You shouldn't have come here. to me. <laughs> come here, da. Come see me. Just come see me. All right, that's what you got to do. I'll be messaging you. Be what messaging the fuck? You. You're too busy in your missus these days, by the way. You're fucking washed. You don't even, even appear in the chat these days or even the podcast. Nah, come on, man. <laughs> well, look, tonight, I mean, we're all, tonight we're united. That's what we're going to uh, say. You can't blame me. Summer is a dead zone for boxing. Oh, nothing, fuck off. NFL started, you cunt. Nothing has been interesting to, to see in the past few weeks. I, I came back for the big ones, and that tonight was worth it. Tonight lived up. Tonight was great. Um, undercard, not so much. Undercard was a bit trash, aside from that Callum Smith knockout and the opponent wasn't, you know, anything special. But Campbell Hatton, of course, getting a gift decision. Twitter was all about that. Um, so, yeah, the, you, the judges weren't afraid to, to rob, you know, some two and four Spanish dude. But they knew they couldn't get away with robbing Usyk because he just put it on him too much and, and AJ was ready to go. Uh, Danny Young, another friend of the pod, says, yes, hey, today, good to hear you. Absolutely, it's good to hear the hater back on the line. Take Ames is in the chat as well, along with a lot of other people. Hit the like. Come on, there's about 20-odd thousand of you in there. Let's hit the like, see if we can get up to the into tra- quadruple figures. Uh, I will put the chat, uh, the link, indeed, to the StreamYard out for anybody who wants to have their say. But first of all, I want to make sure the entire panel have had their say, first of all. Matty DiGelanado is the last person to speak. We are waiting, Matty, to hear your assessment of the great big victory for Alexander Usyk. Well, I was fucking wrong. <laughs> like, I, I think that's... <laughs> 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 like, I, and it's... And, you know, and... and uh... 
and it was clear, you know, from the success that Chisora had and from the moments where Joshua did well, that he had to impose himself. That was the way you're going to win the fight. You're, I, I hate to agree with our friend Anthony, but, um, you know, uh, you, you had to play the role of the bigger man and impose yourself. That was absolutely the way he was going to win. Um, and, uh, there's something about AJ and, and I, I, I'd be curious what you guys think on it. Like that, that boy's got some Victor Ortiz in him. That that's my thought. And I don't know if he goes, yeah, he's, he's got some of that in him and it not, not as bad as Victor, obviously, but he, there's, there's, there's something a little bit shaky in the guy and and he covers it pretty well. Um, But I, I wouldn't, I, I don't think he's going to take the rematch and I, I don't know what his future in the ring looks like. I, I agree with Oz. I know he jumped off, but I don't have a clue um, what Joshua might be able to do in the rematch. Um, I, I think uh, regardless. Of, so I think if, if he doesn't take that fight, we're looking at Usyk probably having some sort of a, uh, a stay busy fight uh, in homecoming fight in the Ukraine. And uh, then uh then hopefully after the we get a conclusion to uh, the Wilder Fury trilogy here, he can face the winner of that. And and that will be an interesting enough fight, especially Fury. Because, I mean, you're talking about a, a big, tall, smooth-moving boxer about, against a, a smaller, smooth-moving boxer. It's That's a really interesting style fight. And it could, if anybody could, it could really impose themselves physically, on uh Usyk uh I think it would be Fury actually though because we've seen him do it before and uh the yeah that that would be my hunch but we'll see talk about a huge victory uh I have very little faith in small heavyweights but um yeah go ahead and prove me wrong Matty a couple of things quickly first of all you can't have Usyk fighting the Ukraine he's a road warrior man this will throw him completely off if that's the fight he'll end up losing when he fights at home it'll it'll be completely alien to him he is yeah. a road warrior, by the way. Every single one of his, all his greatest wins, title fights, defenses, everything's on the road. Put some respect on his name. I, I, I tend to think that, that there's not enough stability in Ukraine for people to want to have fights there. That That's my hunch. But, you know, you got to make exceptions. Second thing as well, Matty, just before we bring Danny Young in, who's jumped on the call, I'm going to take issue with your Victor Ortiz oh, thing, if you Danny don't mind, boy, actually. The I think pipes, that, um, the pipes are calling. <laughs> AJ might have a bit of quitting him, but not as egregious as Ortiz. He takes his beating, to be fair. He kept getting up against Ruiz. He didn't quit uh, tonight. He took his beating again to a certain degree. I'm not I'm not having that Ortiz comparison to a certain degree, Matty. What do you think about that? Maybe more Cotto. Maybe more Cotto. I'm thinking the way he left the, uh, the, the ring and yeah, just a few other things. Uh, maybe, maybe he's more more Kodo than Ortiz. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, Danny Young is on the call with us. Delighted to have you with us, Danny. You've disappeared just in time for me introducing you. So well, hopefully we'll talk- him. <laughs> Must really love Miguel Cotto. <laughs> I know, yeah. He's back on. Danny, how are you, sir? Want to mute yourself? Can you hear me all right, gents? Yeah, I can hear you absolutely perfectly. What do you think there? You've travelled. You've watched Ooh. Usyk live on the road. You must be loving it, Danny. Ooh. Oh, Danny yeah. boy. It was beautiful, wasn't it? It was just fucking beautiful. But you know what? I've had so many people come up to me because obviously, probably like you guys, because, you know, we like our boxing. We watch it a lot. We watch some shit sometimes. People go to us, what do you reckon? And I'll go, Usyk's going to win this. And they're going to me, what? Against Joshua? I'm going, yeah, but you only know Joshua because you watch Sky Sports. That's the only reason you know who Joshua is. Forget it. I said, 
this guy Ukrainian. He does. He knows no boundaries. He knows no limits. Like that, that guy. drop off just losing Danny slightly there anybody else hearing that as well yeah same for me mate. he was kind of faint slightly, you there Danny you, oh you, yeah he's slightly losing Danny but one person we haven't lost as we try to get Danny back on it's There's the main man himself Robin Rob Kelly how how oh, oh he's Rob, gone oh, as well oh he's oh, fucking God. dead oh. Danny's he's... back Danny we were Danny. losing you Danny we couldn't quite hear you that's right can you hear me alright now yeah yeah I can hear you now you know now I'm in the arse end of nowhere down in Devon, so it's terrible. Yeah, but anyway. Sounds far better now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so the guy, man, he's, he's, he's won every single belt on the road. I mean, who else has done that? I can't think. There he is. The main man. <laughs> the condemned man. Was there a bit of a turn off for the box gentlemen this evening? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if you really want to piss off your wife, you got to do your Katie Taylor impression during your wedding. No, 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 no. I was just, uh, I put a call in for just five seconds to say hello. I just seen the results, so I said a bit of dip in. I catch us tomorrow night. Yeah. Cheers, Rob. Thanks for coming on, man. He saw probably about as much as the fight as I did. Uh, he's a way to get his pussy. That's what he's a way to buy That's what he's gone. He's going to make the toilets. That's what he's gone. I'll be buffed up. Uh, fucking that, that's what I'm talking about. That's dedication, you know. If if Joshua was as dedicated to boxing as Rob is to the asylum, he couldn't lose. Yeah, exactly. For anybody who doesn't know, Rob's got married today, so there he is at the reception. Live it's his own wedding. Exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Roberto. Right, Danny. Let's get you back on. See if we can catch you a bit cleaner now. So go ahead. Yeah. No. So I was just saying that he's won every belt on the road. I mean, what a champion! Like he's he's pure class, and that to me tonight was was. Was the Gassia performance mark too? I don't think Joshua had a look in there. And, and it was just the footwork. I mean, Joshua just didn't even know. He's so robotic, man. I mean, come on, we've seen that so for so many t- for so long now. And ever since he was chin, chin checked by the, that fat mid- midget, he's he's gone downhill. So anyway, it was beautiful. I love it, and uh, yeah. I just want to come on and just say, wow, what a performance. Like, my my my, my, uh, my son's won tomorrow, and I'm going to be telling him about it nearly every birthday. <laughs> Glass stuff, man. I know you've been busy tonight, Danny, so I appreciate you making the effort to come on, man. You know, you're welcome anytime on a Sunday evening as well. Cheers, Steve. Thanks, man. Cheers, boys. Take care. Cheers, dude. Cheers, mate. All the best, mate. Yeah, yeah, good lad, Danny Young. One of the good guys there. What's next then, uh, Hater Dave, do you think, for AJ? Do you think he will take the rematch? Do you think he's going to go elsewhere? What's he going to do with himself, old AJ? I think he's kind of adrift, sort of, and he's going to let the currents of boxing and his management kind of shift in where to go. I'm not sure he's uh, super passionate about the sport at this point. not really sure if he ever was, aside from, you know, being the star, being, you know, making the money, that sort of thing. Um but he's, he's had a very good career, no no denying that. Um, I think Eddie and the, the rest of the team will will have him take that rematch because they don't want to, you know, give Usyk the chance to <laughs> go possibly lose those belts to somebody else like, like uh, Fury. So I think that would be the business decision to take. I think maybe they'll watch the tape. Maybe they'll say, hey. Usyk didn't look like he could take those body or he, he, he took them fine, but he was complaining about some of the blows that seemed a bit low. I don't think Usyk liked the body shot, but those two uppercuts to the body seemed to bother him a little bit. 
uh, he wasn't really in danger of being stopped or anything, but the, I think team AJ is going to be looking for any solace they can get anything they can kind of take from this fight and, and move, move to the next fight. If, they, if there is a next fight. So maybe they'll say, Hey, let's just go to the body more next time. Something like that. Maybe like change things up. Um, just remember after uh, Joshua did get his ass handed to him and basically quit against Ruiz, um, we were on the pod the next day. I mean, we were enjoying ourselves obviously, but I think almost all of us saw that, or we were of the opinion that what what else can what what can Joshua do differently in the rematch to win? You know, we we, we were very much thinking he might be finished. So he could I just come in and shape. I mean, that's what it came down to. Ruiz was, was Ruiz was fat as fuck. He had too many tacos after his after he got all the belts. But I, I I think obviously this is certainly a different fight. It wasn't just like a big big punch that changed everything. Usyk schooled him from from bell to bell. Aside from you know some some good adjustments by Joshua in the middle rounds. Um, but yeah, and and the, and the gas tank is a huge thing for Joshua. I I don't think that he can fix that. Uh, it's it's you know it's a chronic problem. He did okay, like it held up pretty well. But in the last three rounds, he was he was done. You know he had nothing left, and he just got bitch slapped around the ring. So. Uh, it, I, I would say that Usyk wins a rematch, possibly even by stoppage, if he if he comes in with more confidence. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing it though. Yeah, I think tonight was interesting. It was fun to watch, and it's it's always fun to see you know the, the hyped man get beat by the guy, people, the underdog, people don't know as much, and it's just Usyk's Usyk's had oh, Usyk's walked the hard road. He's beaten a ton of great guys. He's the cruiserweight king, although. I still think Bradis probably beat him, but it was very, very close. I, I admit, um, he's you know th- this is just a, a, such a wonderful culmination of a night. It's my dog, a culmination of of a, of a career for him. Um, and he he says post fight, you've not seen the best of me. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next. But this really changes the landscape of heavyweight boxing. I don't think. I mean, you guys called it, but I—I I don't know. I—I I never. I—I I, I thought maybe Usyk would just make it, make it close, and deserve to win. But I never thought he would get it, and he—he he did more than enough. So, Dave, a question for you: Who's the bigger boxing casual these days, you or former pod favorite Cindy Lobuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, she's never been a casual to begin with, because she's never. I don't think she's ever watched a fight in her life. So, it would have to be me, because I'm the. She she does she's not even a casual. But at least I'm here, unlike Smito, unlike Kurt Ward, unlike the guru who said who said AJ would be icing him in three rounds. Another L for him, exactly. Uh Ricky Gravel has dropped us in a fiver. Thank you very much, Ricky. God knows what kind of state he's in at the moment, but we hope that you will live to see the evening out. Also, shout out to Ryan Deal who's thrown in another fiver. He says donate a wheelchair to the Save the Mrs. Rob Kelly Foundation. That's enough money. That's enough money from you, Ryan Deal. Don't be putting any more money in, otherwise I'm gonna send you a refund. Don't any more money from him. He's well, giving us tenor, enough. Mate. Well, tenor, oh, there's another tenor flying in from SKC. He says you sick, you sick, you sick, you sick. Keep up the great work, guys. Shout out to the award-winning Steve Wellings. Thanks very much. I'm here just to we, we almost have enough for the next time that Tommy needs bail. <laughs> <laughs> he might take the other ear off this time. Uh, the send a 50. We want Porky now. We ain't going to get Porky on tonight. You can send 500 on if you want. So that ain't happening. Um, so uh, Gabe's with us, though. He seems to be enjoying oh, himself Gabe. there, Gabe. Lost ben. I want to see the post-fight press conference. We've, we've, lost, Gabe, we've lost, we've the lost, lost Ben. 
the only time there's a, an American majority on here is when when there's a Brit who is lost. What what kind of sadistic shit is that? Because that's what you said. You're all about like take over the world, want to kill people, and that. You know, that's what you're all about. You know, fuck your we wouldn't policy. kill them if they do what we say, Andy. Ah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Look what happens when you, when we don't do what we say. You go and fuck. Fucking blow shit up, boys! Come on, man! We need to be united. Anyhow, yeah, anyhow, you should win the fight, man! Calm down. You it's all love. You brought us together. Gabe, yell in a southern accent. Come on, Gabe! Crying like a little bitch. <laughs> you goddamn motherfuckers! What are you doing? Hey, yeah, baby, I'm doing good. It's okay for you for nine o'clock in the morning, but for me, it's <laughs> at night, you know. <laughs> Gabe's only just got up. Come on, Gabe! What did you think of the fight? Drink some whiskey. Oh here, wow, here. I could have been more wrong. I, I thought I thought uh old gay Jay was gonna bully Yusuk around. Uh usual. I thought his his superior uh power and try to push him back and apply pressure stupidly. He tried to box. I mean, you would think at this point of his career, both he and his team would know that he couldn't outbox Yusuk. He couldn't outbox very many people. Uh, you know, he only outboxed Ruiz in the rematch because Ruiz was fucking 5,000 pounds higher than he was the first time. I don't know. I was disappointed in his performance because I think if he applied pressure, if he had tried to bend more of the bully, he could have made the fight work his way. But he tried to box, and he got his ears boxed off. Yusuk looked phenomenal. The whole time. I mean, it was really great. And then towards the end, we were having dinner and uh, I started yelling like a fucking madman. And the whole restaurant just kind of stops and turns around and looks to see what the fuck is going on. <laughs> you so, didn't say you were having dinner in public. <laughs> yeah, I do go out in public from time to time. Dude, where, where the fuck was the AJ uppercut all night? You wanted to the body. Couldn't land it against the Southpaw, which is what Andy was saying last week, and yeah. Rob as well, to their credit. But to be honest, he, he was finding a wee bit of success with the right uppercut to the body. Maybe a, one or two times to the head, possibly. I don't know if I'm maybe over... You know, I guess I've, I've came straight on the podcast after I watched the fight back and that. So, But what I can recall, at least maybe about the, the eighth, maybe even the ninth, Yusuk was, was complaining about kind of maybe borderline low shots and some of those shots were kind of like right uppercut type shots to the body and that. The, Which, that's by all way, I saw. I saw the what the body yeah. shots, but there, I mean, not nothing at mid range as far honest, as the uppercuts. I think Joshua was far too late starting trying to hit Yusuk's body. If it's going to be a rematch, that's what he's got to start looking at. Start taking as Terry Atlas would say, the air out of the tires, hit the fucking body. Get, get him in a clinch, wear him out. You know, the freaking well, pull pipe, him, suck the freaking air out of that bastard. So, you saw it the night, he couldn't do it. You, because the second is, early doors in that fight, right? I think music knew it. If I can match him, you know, punch for punch, early doors, take it in the middle, you know, middle part of the fight where I'm going to be fucking really tired, but I've got a wee bit more gas. Joshua's going to be equally tired. That, you know, he had some success with the right hands and that as well, but he was getting, he was, he was getting caught. You see it in the end of that as well. The way music finished the fight, for me at least, that shows you who had the most gas left. Which is something we spoke about before. I know it's a lazy comparison, Andy, quickly, just before we bring games in. But um, the Frank Bruno comparison, it yeah. stood for a long time. I'm not saying AJ's a terrible fighter. That It's not what I'm saying. He's excitement guaranteed. He can punch. He has his strengths. But he does really remind me of Frank. He does. Uh, look, listen, if, 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 if what happened to Joshua in the, like, the last 30 seconds of the 12th, it maybe happened, maybe kind of... 
the midway part of the fight, he's in bother. He's in big bother. Uh, especially with like maybe like a, a minute and a half, two minutes left of the round. But um, look, I'll give Joshua his credit. Listen, look, he threw and he tried to change things up and be aggressive, especially after maybe about the fourth or fifth round. Because for me, at least, I had Josh uh, usually winning the first four rounds. So I thought Josh uh, changed up a wee bit. He was being a wee bit more aggressive, with a jab, throwing the right hands, hitting the body a wee bit, and that. It had Usyk certainly kind of, well, uncomfortable at certain periods in the fight and complaining about potential low blows, which I'll go back and watch before the podcast tomorrow. We can break it down a wee bit more than that. But um, just going back to what the other guys in that are saying, about the rematch, I think Josh was going to take it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm so glad he won it because it just fucks up the whole picture again. Everybody's got to stand and stand back. And there's a man in the studio the other night complaining as well, still on the zone, Dillian White. He says, I don't expect anything anymore. So I don't think that's a guy who's going to be talking about or getting any sort of world title fight anytime soon. Uh, Ian Davidson has thrown in a super chat here. Sorry, Dave, I'll come to you in a second. He says, long-time listener, nights like this remind you of what we like about boxing and keeps us coming back. Great work as always, lads. Thank you very much. Danny Young, who's been on the call with us as well, uh, thrown in a super chat. He says, a cheeky fiver for Rob to have his first single malt after marriage before he is knee-deep in clunge. Uh, cheers, hashtag Jesus, team field. Jesus, Danny, were you a staff writer for the <laughs> in-betweeners? <laughs> Thanks for, thanks for Danny there as well. Uh, yeah, if you want to come on the call, I've thrown the, uh, the link in there. Just a couple of things. Make sure you can string a coherent sentence together and uh, come on. Don't come on and say, what do you guys think about things? We'll tell you all night what we think about things. We want to know what you think about things. Hey, today, if you want to jump up. in there as well. <laughs> well, I was going to say on Dillian White, he was brought up there. Did he sound either drunk or punch drunk to anybody else? He sounded bad. Also, looked... sounded like himself to me. <laughs> I, 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 I guess I'm like lightning, as you call him, Dave. White lightning. <laughs> white lightning. Jimmy Jimmy Afro thought oh, that our buddy you. Anthony was riding the white pony at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Sorry, Dave, I cut you off in your prime there. Um, any chance of getting Doctor Joseph on? Um, oh, well, I don't think I don't think we'll be able to get him. He's been disappearing from Twitter for a while. I ain't seen that son of a bitch in ages. He's hiding somewhere. Oh, I'll drop him a text and see if I can get at least a voice message from him. If not, get him on live tomorrow night. I will try my best. Uh, Ames, tell me then about the gas tank beforehand. I was saying that AJ usually uh, flags a little bit in the middle round, six to nine. By the sound of it, Usyk was the one who was maybe flagging in those middle rounds. Tell me what you saw, because literally I didn't see anything. Actually, I've just come on to ask you what you guys thought. (laughs) (laughs) What's the name of this podcast again? (laughs) Host. <laughs> You're supposed to promote yourself first, Dave. Come on. <laughs> um, well, you dropped in the doctor before I come on, and now you've come to me. So that's a big, uh, big drop down from uh, talking about getting the doctor on and getting me on here. But anyway, um, talking about the gas tank. So, you know what? For my eyes, I thought actually, AJ, I suppose because the pace of the fight weren't. I know we used to kind of push the pace of the fight, but it wasn't kind of like Joshua being on the front foot all the time. So I think Joshua was able to conserve a lot more and. I suppose he wasn't visibly tired until about maybe rounds after round six. And then like those those last three rounds, he just wasn't there at all uh, in terms of his his gas tank. And Usyk as well, like it went back and forth with the with the gas tank because he faded a, a couple of rounds. I think the sixth Joshua came back in and then Usyk then came back as well just to kind of let him know that it's not. I, I suppose maybe it was more of a round off as opposed to maybe the gas tank issue. But I thought for me, AJ kind of, played it as good as he could with uh, the stamina that he has had. Now, I think a lot of 
what a lot was made up in the build-up is the, the cl- classic kind of cliche of not just the size matters thing, but the whole thing of uh, Joshua's got to hit him hard and hit him early to get make sure that Usyk um, gets he uh, Usyk has the respect of him or whatever the cliche goes. But it went the other way around. Usyk hit him hard and early uh, in round three. He wobbled him, didn't he? And I think that gained. Um, AJ's respect of Usyk's pound, what he was bringing to the table in terms of that. So I think that question was answered in AJ's round pretty quickly. And I think what happened was whenever Anthony Joshua got a little bit of success, maybe counted with like a right hand or got a jab through, Usyk just kept throwing the jab up to the head straight away or, or a right hand down to the body um, to just kind of give him that kind of mental check that whenever you have a bit of a success, I'm coming back with something quickly. I think those sort of things are kind of like draining, I suppose, as well. It's that mental game that people talk about when it comes to Usyk that Tony Bellew has talked about. You just drained constantly. And that mental aspect with which Joshua was saying, you know, he really trained and this is just training camp for him. I think that kind of showed there that because I, I would have thought that he'd kind of looked to avoid the whole jab fencing element of of this fight. And I, I think he got drawn into that, trying to outbox the the better, more accomplished boxer. Um, and that showed in the first round, he kind of looked to, looked to a fence with him. And I think that's part of the element of the game plan that I think AJ got drawn into. Um, no, you're going to have to jab I, with him. Sorry to interrupt you. Just last night, we talked about this. And uh, I mentioned on your on the BNTV stream that someone yeah. said about AJ doing the one-two, the old Vladimir. But I didn't think that Usyk would allow him to do that. And his hand speed as well early on. I think it got, like AJ's nose appeared like it was sort of had some kind of damage maybe in the first couple of rounds. I think his hand speed surprised him as well. Well, interestingly, Rob McCracken, I don't know if you guys picked up on this. Rob McCracken, I think it was in the... Uh, um, it might be the ninth or the tenth. It went to the corner. Rob McCracken called exactly for that jab, jab, right hand combination, the Klitschko esque um, combination that we know so well. So that's the, that's what Rob McCracken was asking for AJ to do. And yeah, I think you you can't for someone with the skills of Alexander Usyk, you can't just revert to something for that that combo for twelve rounds. Now I think part of that, you, you know when AJ had the success and then Alexander is it kind of coming in and like just hitting him back with something else, like going down the body or the head that I mentioned before, I think that got into head, his head to where that when maybe a hook was available or a jab down to the body or, or going later, he, he went later to down to the body, like around six, he started his body work kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. I think that really kind of played in his mind. And, and I suppose they get those elements of the game plan that Joshua is looking to bring to the table. But this, the thing with, AJ, as people have been talking about the rematch already and whether you should take it or not, you can't write off AJ at this point in time. Yes, that was a very brilliant, that was a brilliant performance from Alexander Rusik, but something that AJ showed in his career is that he is adaptable, is a plan A, he's shown a plan B, he now has to come back with a plan C, D and E uh, for Alexander Rusik and he's in good hands with uh, Robert Kraken. They'll come up with something, he needs time to heal, obviously with an eye injury, they need to understand whether the eye injury is just bruising or something more uh, of a injury that's going to take a lot more time, so, i.e. Billy Joe Saunders and the uh, eye socket there. Um, but they'll have to plan that and they'll have to go back to the drawing board and assess how they can beat Alexander Usyk, who proved that, like Ozzy was saying at the start, or Ozzy was saying in the build-up, and as I said, when it came on, that size really doesn't matter. Maybe this is the turning point, the kind of evolution now back down to 
it's not about the land of the giants anymore. I know Usyk is tall as well, but still, like the, the crazy big fighters, it's not about them anymore. It's now kind of coming down and being more technical, being more adaptable, being more fluid. Like Tyson Fury, I know he's tall as well, but Usyk then, I suppose, to the better degree that, you know, the fluidity is going to be what uh, tells as opposed to punch power. We usually do about an hour on these. Uh, stay with us for as long as you wish, Ames. You're welcome to stick along. We're in 39 minutes now. Hit the thumbs up, everybody, if you enjoy what you're hearing. Harry Munro is trying to join the call. Harry, it says uh, you need to connect a microphone or camera, especially a microphone, preferably, before we can add you to the stream. So whatever device you're using doesn't seem to be picking up any kind of microphone. So if you want to remove yourself and come back on, you are more than welcome. Uh, hey, today is back with us. Gabe has been on. And the American contingent continues... Here he is, Donny Baseball. Donny Baseball has come out of the woodwork. Good evening, Donald. How are the you? The wife has released the testicles. <laughs> All right, Don. Donald. And if that's not the perfect Donny oh, thing to do, like if that's not quintessentially <laughs> Donny. What a glorious return from Donny. <laughs> Sure so, while he's figuring that out, Steve, let me just jump in and yes. real quick and say, I have got to tell you that I think Eddie Hearn has had about the worst month of his life uh, oh, going no, around here. Because you think <laughs> about the whole Canelo thing, and then Woo! he thinks, oh, great, I've signed AJ to a contract for the rest Woo! of his career, which literally might have ended tonight. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking great month Eddie is having. Woo! Evening, Ed. Woo! Oh, yeah. Paul Callan, uh, Usyk put AJ in his box in round one. Great pod, lads. He's throwing us in some money as well. Thank you very much, Paul. Uh, Donny, are we hearing you now? Can you hear me? Yes, yes we can hear you. Lovely. Come on, Donald. Come on. Go on, counselor. Let's hear you. Uh, yeah. So, actually, I was at uh, my neighbor's, uh, like, they had a kid right around the time we had a kid. So, uh, we were at the first birthday party. Oh. So all of a sudden, I had to withdraw and leave oh, my okay. kid. I had to leave with my kid with strangers uh, to go watch this fight. Yeah. <laughs> Good decision, Donny. <laughs> Always wise. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, I, I just, I loved it from uh, beginning to end. I loved the, the way that even though he had the shorter reach, he would just stay just out of range, and then just when he would make Anthony Joshua to throw a punch and get out of position, he would come in and and. Uh, and hit him with, uh, you know, either a jab uh, or a left hand. And I, I mean, I just, uh, you know, I thought that it was just a, a perfect performance. And the only thing that, that, that got to me, though, was that it seemed as if in a couple of junctures, he had Joshua in trouble. And if he had followed up on it, he actually probably could have knocked him out. Um, I really, I thought that there was a point in, uh, I think it was the fifth or the fourth, and then the twelfth as well, uh, when he had him on the ropes as he was finishing him, it looked like the end of the first Rocky movie, uh, you know, uh, where he had him literally on the ropes and was just wailing away. Uh, and, you know, it was that point that I knew that even though it was going to be in Joshua's backyard, I knew that there was no way the judges were going to be able to take it away from him. And I was very glad when I didn't hear a split decision uh, when the results were announced, because when I once I knew it was going to be unanimous, I knew that uh, I knew that Usyk was home free. Uh, you know, I, I just, I mean, I don't know how many times this shit has to happen, but it's like, if you've got the big fights, fucking make them, just make them because this is what happens. You, you're, you're all, they always get greedy. They want to make one more fight and then one yes. more, and then we'll make Go the big on, one and we're going to let it you're marinate. Rigid. And you know what? You fucking let it marinate long enough. And then this is what happens. It's like, stop being fucking yes. greedy 
and just make the big fights. And and you know what? You know what? I wonder if they'll ever learn because we've seen it happen so many times. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Love it. Absolutely fucking love it. Listen, Donnie, you're absolutely correct, mate, because remember Barry Hearn coming out, and I was arguing with somebody uh, uh, last night on Twitter, actually. They said um, how Wilder was, was ducking the fight with Joshua, right? And then, lo and behold, up comes the fucking comments for Barry Heron, Eddie's dad, saying us, I'd be happy if Anthony Joshua went through his career undefeated and hadn't even fought Wilder, right? Or he even mentioned, uh, uh, even saying us, um, we could maybe, uh, I would say to Joshua, not even take that fight for the next two to three years, let it marinate, as you correctly said. So that fight that was $50 million will all of a sudden become three to $400 million. And I'm quoting here, by the way, from Barry Heron. So as you said, he got fucking greedy and look at that. It's tremendous. Lovely time. Michael McElwee, thank you, yes, mate. Legend, legend Michael McElwee's throwing the super chat. So is Mike. Mike's throwing one in as well. What about AJ blinking like Joel McClellan after the fight? That was quite weird. That yeah, I don't really know what was going on. Oh, Hopefully, AJ's all right. Like he, well, they, he did they, try to keep on going. They were he saying was, he was sucking wind. He bolted from the ring too, like uh, Broner style. Ooh. Uh, Dan Potter, they're flying in. He's throwing in a super chat as well. Anybody we, who's we even, throwing in, we even got Canadian money coming in. Here Canadian money coming in as well. Anyone who's throwing in a super chat tonight, by the way, if you are not a member of Patreon, and uh, email nuthousepodcast at gmail.com, and I'll send you every series of punches from the past. Anybody who's throwing in a super chat tonight, email nuthousepodcast at gmail.com. I'll send you every series we've done so far of punches from the past. Donnie, have you said everything that you have to say so far? Go ahead again. Uh, well, for now, yeah, sure, but I, I got more, but we'll wait. I was going to we'll say, wait. oh, fuck, you open Pandora's box. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie opening boxes again. Let's get stuck straight in, Andy, to the undercard before we go back to the main event and finish up for the evening. Uh, so, we had Callum Smith icing Lennon Castillo. Jesus Christ, the guy's left oh, knee was kind of vibrating. Really? I, I hope, I generally hope he's okay. Let's let's talk about that one, first of all. I mean, are you kind of concerned about his welfare? Yeah, I mean, that was bad. That was really pretty rough stuff. Like, he's trying to do the fucking Irish jig ball line on his back. It was a... Uh... Michael yeah. flatlined. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's some good darkness, Steve. That's Jesus, some man. good darkness. Uh, that, darkness. Eddie almost got a second body on his record the night, by the way, after that fight. Jesus Christ, man. That was pretty horrific stuff. Guys in the hospital, partly doing okay. So, uh, yeah. It's, it's really those one-shotters. Fun. You know, it's the prolonged beatings that fuck you up. Yeah, I suppose. But, mate, the way he went down... Who knows what damage? Listen, you know what it's like. You all you need to do is take one shot. Your head hits the back, uh, you know, the bottom rope, whiplash. So, but you know, it's bad. It was it was pretty bad actually, boys. But interesting enough, actually, I heard Buddy McGurk saying after the first the first round, saying, "Listen, then they go try to force a knockout. Just work on a few things. Just let it come naturally." And that's what happened. There, you know, basically, anyway, landing on the right hand, kind of like. True, that kind of downward, kind of, you know, downward motion, kind of, kind of caught me a bit the cheek area, a bit the chin and that as well. But uh, yeah, it was an evil knockout. Like, there's not really much else you can say about it. It was, it's, it's definitely up there with a contender for, for knockout of the year, without doubt. Yeah, it was an absolute belter. Uh, Matty, anything from you on the undercard? We're not going to spend too much time on it. Yeah, I, I, I guess I'll withhold this or, so I have things to talk about tomorrow. <laughs> 
Matty withheld there. Anything from you, hey, to David? Probably won't hear from you for another seven years, so you may get into it there. <laughs> I'm thinking about coming on tomorrow, and uh, I will be talking about Campbell Hatton. <laughs> thinking about it. You should be thinking about it every other week as well, will you, cunt? <laughs> Campbell Hatton. I mean, we could talk about that. Um, it, it was... I mean, we, we knew before this, the guy is, he's not his dad. Uh, he's very raw. But tonight, he just got battered by a guy two and four. Um, he was about to collapse. Like, he, he looked like he just had everything sucked out of him. Uh, I don't even know the name of the guy he fought. Was it Ramirez or something? Sonny Martinez, I think. Martinez. But the, the guy, the guy, like, he looked like he was using Ricky Hatton's style against Campbell Hatton. He was like, just uh, mauling him, shoving him around, hitting him in the balls a few times. You know, his good old... Dirty Ricky Hatton stuff on his son. It's pretty funny to watch, but he, he he lost that fight. Come on. Ames, just on Campbell Hatton briefly, I actually feel sorry for the kid because he's been offered these big opportunities. You're not going to turn them down. Obviously, he's taking his opportunities as best he can. He's clearly not very good. Is he is he being a little bit exploited, uh, Ames, for his name? Well, yeah, it's, uh, exploited is maybe a strong word, but you, you're going to do this with someone with the name of Campbell yeah. Hatton. And you've seen it before. You've seen it in the form of Conor Ben. That's where you've seen it. And what the what the plan is for Campbell Hatton is not that I'm on the inside and know the plan is, but I think from the outside looking in is you get to see every single fight from Campbell Hatton from the start to the finish. And you'll see from when he's limited to when he's improved, just like with Conor Ben, where everyone kind of slated off Conor Ben pay, after paying all they wrote him, up, wrote him off and even Connor had to kind of rethink things and you know, wanted to think about whether he wanted to continue after that fight. And that's what's going to happen. That's the archetype plan. They've gone with Connor Ben. Look where Connor Ben is now. And the tide has kind of turned with him now. And he's kind of in the favors of the fans because of the improvements he's made. That's what's happening here. So you're going to see, you're going to, and then when you see that improvement, 10 fights down the line, then you can go back to like, oh, you know, we, we saw him when he was crap, when he was against Sonny Martinez and maybe we thought he lost and look now how he's come along. This is what's happening with him. So there's there's two sides of it there. Yeah, sure, maybe you might think he shouldn't get the the spotlight that he's getting, but with the name that he has and the path that they're setting, the same path that Conor Ben's walking now currently, I get why they're doing it. Um, and he's going to get these opportunities, and like you, you don't do that if you put on a small hall show where it might not get recorded, or you know, you'd people don't get to see the fight. So that's why he's getting on there with the fight. Putting the result aside, and whether he should have got the victory or not, you you'd only learn from those sort of fights. Um, you know, you learn about where you are, where you should slow it down, and having a step up. I know we're talking about Sonny Martinez, Martinez being some sort of step up, but relative to where he is, uh, a step up anyway. Um, it just means they'll have to slow it down a bit and give him a few more kind of punch bags to kind of get in there with and throw hands with. I think he's also, I've asked this uh, of him before, and I think this is playing a, a little bit on his mind. I, I suppose maybe I should walk that back a tiny bit in the sense that I don't know what's going through in his head, but I think he really wants a knockout. I think he really wants that knockout. He kind of wants mm -hmm. to kind of get the ball rolling on the, obviously the Ricky Hatton comparisons are there, but he wants to get the, probably get wants to get the ball rolling on that with that knockout victory and that will kind of set things in motion. I think it just needs to kind of slow everything down a little bit more. Because I, I actually thought, in terms of his structure in his offense, he looked better than he had before. But then everything else kind of unraveled a bit with, with the defense still not being there, uh, the gaps in his work. And yeah, so it's just there's a lot of work needed to go into Campbell Hatton, but it's not his fault. 
he's not going to turn those opportunities down like he said and like you said. And the beauty of it is, is we all get to see that journey. But at the moment in that journey, he's not the fighter that we're going to, as they plan to have it, be right now. So, uh, yeah. And, and with that, he will take the stick that comes with it. And um, I'm not really one to kind of throw that at him. He's, he's a fighter learning, but others will. That's up to them. In terms of the victory, whether he should have got it or not, no. Uh, he didn't win that fight, um, unfortunately for him. But, but he got it. And they'll have to assess that and move forward with um, other opponents that they look to match him up with in the future. The, yeah, I got to tell you, they, they need to change the name Hurricane, though. That's that's the wrong nickname for him. Tropical Depression is probably better. Could end up in the Bahamas with um, Riddick Bowe and all the other boys, James Tony and Zab Judah Promotions, Matty, maybe, with the, the tropical element. They pulled Riddick Bowe out, Steve. Haven't you been paying attention to our Facebook feed? I have, but I'm, I'm still in denial, man. I wanted to see Big Daddy back in there. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was a dream on... we all had. I just want to <laughs> pick up on um, uh, M. Lithgow's point, uh, saying about he's going to be a hate figure, getting these mass, mass opportunities. That's a good point. If you keep putting him in um, these opportunities and he doesn't eventually shine on that spotlight. Fans will turn on him. I think that's... I don't want to say it's starting yet, but it might just start creeping in that direction. That's not what you want for someone. He got fucking booed big time. Did he? Did he? Yeah. Yeah, that's a shame. Again, it's not his fault, but that's the direction that they're pushing him and he'll have to deal with everything. But this is the thing, like, the best thing about it is you learn from those fights and that's the biggest stage he'll be on probably for a while. So hopefully... If there's anything outside, like, you know, the nerves and things like that, th those things will flitter away because he's done it or at least he's fought on these stages before. So that's a little kind of checkbook you can check mark you can put in his experience book, I suppose. Absolutely. MB, they're saying, let's be honest here, he's fucking crap. And, and he, he is crap. And I, I do feel sorry for him. He's a 20 year old kid, man. Everyone, th I mean, it's okay for us now, like, I'm nearly 40 and all. And, but thinking back to when you were 20, you were daft as hell, man. And you're not mature and you think about things differently. I'd say it'd probably be hurting him to hear this. So, uh, exploited Ames is right. That's probably a little bit too strong. But they're, they're going to exploit him for his name. That's the cynicism of the business. And I kind of don't blame him for that because it's always been done. They've done the same with Connor Ben. And I could be looking back with rose tinted spectacles here. Connor was definitely more excited. I think because he had a bit of a dig about him and I'm, I'm saying that Connor looked better than uh, Campbell at this stage but I can't say that for sure because I don't really remember his early fights up close and personal but Campbell okay. kind of reminds me a bit more like Harley Ben at this yeah. stage Andy and I don't really see I don't, I, don't, I don't know man he could definitely improve but I don't even see him kind of getting to British <coughs> title level at the moment I just don't see where he, that ceiling can really push up he just doesn't seem to have the, the dig which is a major problem well I, to him, he, looks, he does look very scrappy and that the thing with Ben, you're right, but the thing is, you need to remember with Conor Ben, he's in a gym where he's sparring with good quality fighters. Ricky Burns was in there, John uh, John Ryder was in there as well, I suppose. So he's got that grounding. I don't know who uh, Campbell Hatton sparring with or that type of thing, but tonight... Ibrahim Nadim is in the gym there, another kind of young fighter. Uh, sorry, no, that's Ricky Hatton. Sorry, my bad. Uh, no, they've got um, Luke Evans, is it, who had that knockout over the uh, weekend, like a triple left hook knockout with Luke right. Evans being one of the fighters, but sorry, Nadim's a Hatton's fighter as opposed to the um, biggest problem is fighter as opposed to Matthew. I think I think we had it tonight actually um, with the decision. I thought he lost the fight, right? He was getting clowned at times off a guy who's like was it two and four, two and five type record and that, who was actually mocking him during the fucking fight as well. So is that going against the Spaniard? I don't know, but. For me, at least, I thought Hatton lost the fight. Um, 
conveniently that he won the fight by one round or one point at least. Um, to me, it's it's a kid who's been pushed on to you know the view in public. He's in pay per view fights. That's all his fights have been on pay per view. You shouldn't be here. To me, you should be on like v, VIP promotions on YouTube, learning his trade there, learning against tough opposition, switch hitters, southpaws, brawlers, infighters, but they're not on these undercard shows. No prime time fucking pay-per-views, for me at least anyway. You know, Ben, I think, has done pretty well to kind of come back for that early setback. He should have lost that fight against that Frenchman, beat him in the rematch, I think. But um, he's done pretty well so far to kind of come back for that. Campbell Hatton needs that wee bit of kind of like pulling back a wee bit, I think, for the pay-per-view market and that, because, look, you kind of like the crowd. The crowd fucking made their fucking feelings known when the decision came in. They fucking booed it. So, are they wrong? You know, people call us haters. If you're going to come out and say, I'm saying that uh, Campbell Hatton lost that fight, am I a hater? No, of course not. I think he lost the fucking fight. The crowd thought he lost the fight. So... Yeah, but Andy, that's more booing the decision as opposed to booing Campbell, right? Mm. Yeah, I suppose, but he he celebrated the uh, the win at the same time, mate. You know, but I'm not going to mention it. I'm going to bring it up in Billy the week next week uh, t- tomorrow. But Campbell Hatton said after the fucking fight that he had won. Uh, sorry, uh, the Spiner won only two rounds, out of six. And as David Hater said, he was blown out his farter. In the last 30 seconds of that sixth round, I guarantee you, if that was an eight or a ten rounder, Campbell Hatton would have fucking folded beforehand. So, to me at least, there is a vast, vast work in progress there, and he should be nowhere near his type of supposed premier cards or premium cards that Eddie Henley to talk about on the zone or type of thing. That's just all I'm going to say about it. He shouldn't be on the type of cards. He should be involved in lower tier cards, learning his trade against. Tough, tricky opposition. No, that type of fucking performance on pay per view. Sorry. You guys need to get rid of those referee judging a contest and only their scorecard thing. It's it's a terrible fucking practice. Just awful. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. That needs to be banned straight away. When you said early setback earlier, Andy, I was half listening. I thought you said Ellie setback for a minute. You're still raising because you're in this triggered. <laughs> Steve's raging because he's not seen the fight yet. He is. I'm doing my best mate to try and find your copy <laughs> right now, actually. And I've got it. I found it. I've got it. Is, it, is it on? Is it up? Right, so I'm gonna, I'm oh, no. It. It's, t- it's 34 gig. Oh, oh fuck. I'll take it. That'll take me about six months, I think. <laughs> exactly. to that. It's a whole card, mate. No, I'm not going to do no, I'll, I'll get it in the morning. It'll be there in the morning, boys. Ames, are you unmuting there for something? Yeah, you just got to remember with Campbell Hatton, there's there's a lot of pressure as well with guiding this guy's career because of the name value. That's an asset there. That's a diamond in the rough hair, like with Connor Ben. So they have to get this right. So I think they, 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 they might end up pulling this back a little bit because an early loss will, you know what it is, with, with boxing and undefeated and keeping your kind of record clear, that, won't, that will kind of really kind of put the the brakes on it and maybe kind of make Campbell question whether he wants to, whether he's really in it for... Especially with his limited skill set. The O is one of the only things that he has going for him at the moment, as harsh as that might sound. No, no, no I understand that. So, yeah, this is, this is from looking at it from how maybe you would look at it in terms of 
your fighter, that's an asset there who could really make you a lot of money because that's a it's a classic story. The son of someone who did something great and in, in yeah. boxing terms, the son of a boxer also doing something great, winning a world title. So it's guaranteed interest there. So I'd like to see hopefully Campbell kind of make those improvements and get that time maybe away from the spotlight to make those improvements as well. I've got to give him that opportunity to do so. No, well said. Um, obviously, with when you're the son of a legend, then you, you're going to go in the ring whether you're any good or not. I mean, you can think Ronald Hearns for Tommy, this was Stephen Pryor, I think Aaron Pryor's son, George Foreman the third or the fourth or the fifth or one of them, Hasim Rackman Jr.'s plodding around on the club scene at the moment. About, you know, it makes sense to pull on the gloves and have a go, doesn't it, with the name value alone under? Hey, Monk Foreman is undefeated. Well, there you go, then. Look what they're doing with um... Aaron Pryor Jr., Troy Murphy Morrison. Tommy Morrison's son is uh, doing the club scene, isn't he? He was. Marvis Frazier, yeah. I think he's been on a couple of, like, kind of ESPN cards, maybe, or something down the undercard or something. I I think because I think he might be with top rank for some reason. Uh, Ronnie Hussein has thrown in a super chat. I'm just adding him to the. uh... The list here, the Hall of Fame Keep tonight, Ronnie says, shout coming. out to you all. He says, well done to Usyk. It was a stinker of a fight. Well, I think it was intriguing in its own way. Ben will get exposed in time. Not even an area level title to his name. Right, let's leave the undercard in the dustbin, like Riddick Bowe's belt, exactly where it belongs. Danny Young said something that I was going to touch upon just as we start to close out. Everybody. I enjoyed the shit out of that fight. I thought yeah. that was a high quality boxing match. Yeah, I didn't think R- it was Ronnie's a given us a fiver though, boy. So yeah, you know, no, no, I'm, everyone's I'm, entitled to their opinion. Yeah. I appreciate it. I just, <laughs> I just, I just, just, I just, uh, I, I wouldn't quite put it up on that level of like high speed chess. You know, like I kind of reserve that for fights like uh, Calzaghe Kessler, uh, for instance. But it, it was a, a good boxing match between two skilled individuals, and one of them just happens to have exceptional skills. Yeah, I think it, like a Kovalev Ward or other fights which don't come to mind at time, it's kind of intriguing all along. You're expecting something to take. There's like ebbs and flows. You're expecting something to happen. It keeps you on the edge of the season. No, I think it was, I don't think it was a stinker at all, to be honest. Right, let's go around the boys then before we close out for the evening. If you want to come on, you better hurry the hell up because we've done the hour now. This will go up on Patreon. Let's we'll put go. it up on SoundCloud and all that type of stuff as well. Donny Baseball. Danny Young says, I've been doing some research and I can't find another boxer who has won all his belts away from home. Could you sit be a great story? For that alone, don't I? What about Fury? What? Like me, you having a stroke? <laughs> he said, "What about Fury?" I think Fury's won all his belts alo- uh, away from home. Although uh, he might be defending them as well. I all two of them, innit? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to jump in there, Dave? Uh, I guess. Yeah, I guess Donnie is uh, has been kidnapped again. Um. I think, given the the amount of belts Usyk has won, and given the opposition he's faced, I think there's no doubt he's a great. Um, I don't know how much the belt aspect has to do with it, just because I, I'm really I'm really over belts in general. Um, obviously, they mean something to business. It's something they can flash around in the ring. It's just the sport's tenuous way to kind of create some structure in this sport and it vaguely indicates who the best are in certain divisions but it's you know it's a series of guys because hardly ever hardly in any divisions do does any one person hold all the belts so i'm not really um, worried about you know the a belt it's more about who's the best and who they beat 
So the landscape then, Matty, has changed. We've got another few fights coming up soon. Obviously, Fury Wilder 3, White against Otto Wallin as well. Uh, in the light of this, uh, are you looking at the other fights differently, perhaps? Does it be, I suppose we're going to have to wait and see who comes out on top of the next two big heavyweight fights. But come to November, the heavyweight landscape could be completely different. You only need Wilder to land a big shot. Otto Wallin to box White's ears off, and all of a sudden, it just looks completely different. Well, that that can change easily, especially when you think about like all of these uh, the fighters who are champions or competing in that upper tier. These are all fighters that are in their mid thirties. I mean, they could tumble over the cliff at any given time. Uh, so the uh, the heavyweight division uh, kind of got hot when it was already on borrowed time. But if these fighters lose legitimately to good opposition, it can maintain most of its momentum. Uh, I, I think that in the States, at least, uh, for lack of a better term, like you really need a big black heavyweight for the American boxing public to follow the heavyweight division. But outside of the States, I think as long as there's a flow and the heavyweight champions uh, aren't, uh, aren't junk fighters as they have been at times in the past. Uh, I, I, you know, even if it gets flipped on its head, uh, it's, it's, it's a, a division with, where everything, where the unexpected happens quite often, uh, and and that's what makes heavyweight boxing fun, and it's almost its own sport in a way. Matty, you'll be in the hot seat tomorrow night. Do you want to give us a summation, having watched the fight live only a few minutes ago, uh, before you have a chance to obviously watch it back or uh, gather your thoughts for tomorrow night? Just sum up the evening for yourself. I, I was impressed with Usyk's ability to come back when he found his second win somewhere around the ninth round. Uh, AJ really did uh, fight his way back into the match, and uh, and then Usyk just found something because his movements were were becoming uh, more strained. Uh, he wasn't uh, as fluid in in his feet, uh, and AJ was taking advantage of it. Then he just found another win and turned it on. So um, I'm always impressed with those people that have a second win like that and, and people that take it home. Uh, Alexander Usyk really has the, uh, the, the heart of a champion because he has that kind of will to win, which uh, is uncommon uh, in any sport. Well said, Matty. Thank you for being with us tonight. Donny Baseball's back with us here. Fox B says Ruiz took AJ's soul. Now AJ's stealing paydays. Donny, sum up the evening for us. Uh, well, you know, I mean, the thing about Anthony Joshua is, is that I'm just wondering when his most, you know, ardent supporters are just going to admit that he's not that good. Uh, because, I mean, the thing is, is that all the time he's got, you know, okay, Yusuf, smaller man, Andy Ruiz, short, fat man. You know, nobody ever would have thought that, you know, the small, the cruiserweight champion or a, a fat guy could could you know basically master a guy and take his soul like who who looks like a sculpted Adonis like the biggest thing that Anthony Joshua has going for him is that he looks the part like if you looked up heavyweight champion in the dictionary and they had like a picture next to it like it would look like Anthony Joshua but he wouldn't fight like him he'd fight like Tyson Fury or he'd fight like you know any number of the guys that have beaten him who have real boxing skills uh I think that you know as time goes on, people are going to just be, you know, more and more have buyer's remorse or just be unable to accept that they've hitched their wagons uh, to the wrong horse. Um, and, uh, you know, he's exciting for heavyweight boxing. He brings a big fan base. He's got a lot of hype behind him. 
But at the end of the day, he's just the he's a second class heavyweight compared to some of these other guys out there. Uh, in when it when it comes down to real skills, uh, and he's you know, I mean, we'll see what, what the future holds for him. But but that's how I feel. Uh, and it's unfortunate because uh, it would have been nice to see him you know fight Fury at this point in time. It didn't happen. But uh, but I think that people are going to have to be uh, accepting the reality sooner than later. Well said, Donnie. Good to have you with us, as always. Come back soon. Ames, as the uh, recently anointed king of the hardcores, king of the WhatsApp group, Eddie can be glad that you're not in that press room tonight grilling him like a George Foreman grill. Uh, what did you Ooh. make of the evening overall? Um, shout out to uh, Dylan Prasovich's team, who uh, turned down taking Step Aside and decided <laughs> to get blasted out for one world title when they could have took Step Aside and fought for maybe two titles uh so belly of the week in there for the that decision making piece of decision making there but no look i mean i thought the fight was really good someone commented that the fight was was a boring affair but it's for me it was i, I started kind of looking to score the fight and i stopped after the first round because it was just an absorbing affair i suppose when you when the just is set up like a month later you watch the fight back you get a sense of whether it was a really good fight because you're not watching it for the first time but um, no, I really enjoyed the fight. Uh, the only thing I really kind of want to mention is the the shot of Alexander Usyk when his name was read out, and you know you see tears coming out of his eyes, and he's just you know breaking down and crying. Uh, that's what it's all about. Uh, these moments are forget like allegiances for uh, AJ or Usyk. Uh, the right man won. He got his just desserts in terms of what he put out there in the ring, and you get to see his, his emotion raw. You know everything he did in the lead up, you know being separated from his family for how many months it was. He said it. What was he said in the post fight? This is today was his twelfth anniversary with his wife. So to do that as well on this day, if that's if that's the translation of what was said, because it might something might have got lost there. But yeah, a special it moment was, for it was. Because he was po- he posted some pictures up on uh, Instagram actually quite intimate pictures of him and his wife. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. Spe- special moment for him. Special moment for boxing fans, and um, that's what it's about. You get you want you want to see these big fights. And kind of like I suppose you guys were saying, like it was it the pod not last week or the week before, where it's kind of been a low period and just kind of a bit down about things mm. with these sort of fights and these sort of moments. Kind of put that way. fuel fuel back up in the the boxing canister. You know when petrol is kind of low and all that sort of stuff but your your petrol for boxing love i suppose is, is, is your can is filled up uh, with I, these sort of moments so uh, I, said to you, yeah. I said to you last night Ems, I? I said to you, we didn't need any bullshit on this on the score cards but we didn't get it we got the correct winner i think everybody would agree that it was it was not an uh an uneasy fight to score i think it was a very easy fight to score i think the the, the rounds to be to pick for each fight were pretty clear and i thought between rounds nine till twelve, music was by far the clear winner. Yes, indeed. Lovely stuff. Thank you, Ames, for joining us as well. Hey to Dave. Des says U6 feet won him the fight. They certainly did. And this isn't a knock on AJ because he took the fight. And I genuinely do believe AJ is the kind of guy who takes fights. I think he'll take the rematch. I don't think there's any problem necessarily with his heart, as has been suggested um, in the past by people from previous fights. And one thing I will say, though, you've got to celebrate Usyk, haven't you, Dave? We love fighters who go on the road, aren't afraid to fight for belts, aren't afraid to go in other people's backyards. And he's, ne- he, he, I mean, it's there for everyone to see. The proof's in the pudding and cliches of that nature. 
nature. He's took every fight. He's fought everybody available. And he's going to carry on fighting, carry on winning, you would imagine, especially against some of the mandatories he's got coming up. And you wouldn't write him out against anybody despite his size. And when it's, it's a, a win to be celebrated, Dave, I think, for someone with that tenacity and that nature. Yeah, absolutely. Tonight, uh, the main event, at least, is is why we watch boxing. It's the it's it's inspiring stuff like this. I mean, we all have our biases too. I think all, the majority of us certainly rooting for Usyk and not you know the company man. But that still, you know, you, we 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 respect Joshua. He got in there. He fought the man. He he didn't he didn't uh, he did not quit. Um, and he did he did win some rounds. You know, he gave it a good fight. Um. It's just a good night, you know. It, it, this is this is what uh, even when boxing, you know, fucks us, we keep, we keep coming back like battered spouses because of nights like tonight. Um, it's this is this is uh, inspiring stuff from Usyk, especially to those of us who have followed his career and and known, you know, what what a tremendous uh, resume he already has, and he's already he was a great before tonight. You know, this just adds to things. Um, I think we're all happy for him. Um, I'm just speaking for myself. And uh, credit to, to everyone involved in, in the fight, really. There was, there was as far as I know, I, you know, I wasn't following every, uh, every tweet, every press conference and stuff, but there was no shady business. You know, things, they fought an honest, a good, honest fight. The right man won. Good stuff. I liked it. Well said, Dave. Good to hear you back as well. Final word to you, Andy, as is fitting on a night like this. You've been a big proponent of Usyk. We, we all called it on the pod last week, not with any great confidence for myself, I must say. A shout out to John O'Donovan, by the way, who's thrown in a fiver as well. Final summation from you, Andy, before we finish up on this Saturday evening stroke Sunday morning. I got it wrong. I thought Usyk was a one-by stoppage. Uh, other than that, I was really happy that we got no shenanigans on the, uh, the scorecards. I'm happy that the heavyweight division is again being absolutely blown apart because everybody was wanting to see Joshua Fury, for example. Um, I did, I did say after all that shenanigans going back and forward about, about Fury and Joshua the contract talks that I'm, I was wanting to see someone either Usyk or Wilder just fuck up the whole situation, and uh, we've got it again because this this win tonight basically means that the heavyweight division gets backed up even further. And it means uh, Joshua either has got a decision to make. I think he'll take the rematch. Uh, I think we get a somewhat similar result um, as well. But um, summation for me is I backed my guy for the start. I backed him to the end. I got the prediction wrong. But I'm happy after all. After everything we've had to deal with in the last few weeks, and that boxing has been so shite. I thought tonight's main event, forget undercard, undercard was meant to be what it was, it was meant to be filler, we had so many, so much time between fights to be, you know, before the next one, you know, for example, and that. but the main event for me delivered, it was, I wouldn't say fantastic, but it was intriguing all the way through, and I did think that if it was a 15 round fight, Usually we've got the stoppage in the end, and uh, if he'd got Joshua hanging like he did in the 12, maybe in the midway part of the fight, I think he would have got him out of there, but uh, fair play to both guys. Rumour is Joshua went, he's went to hospital for a check-up, hopefully he's okay, and uh, the the guy that Callum Smith fought as well, hopefully he's going to be okay as well, and the pulse through okay as well. Well said indeed, Andy. Just before we finish up, Ames, it hasn't been all roses over the weekend. I uh, just want to drop in something there that uh, kind of puts everything into perspective a little bit. It's a bit of sad news over the weekend, Ames. 
Yeah, so um, in this fight week, uh, you guys have mentioned mentioned it in the chat. There's been the sad passing of one of the well respected and well liked members of the boxing media. I've not been in boxing media for all that long myself, but I had a few moments to share some time with um, Frank Frankie Beckles, also known as a uh, Pro Bees over at Pep Talk UK. He was a uh, Working at the fight week uh, this week, uh, I think he ble- believe he came on the um, Wednesday or Thursday, and then sadly the the next night he'd uh, passed away. Um, I don't fully know the situation there, but the the, the bottom line is we've uh, lost someone who's very well respected and liked. And for me, I had to co- had a few conversations with him where he was really open about giving advice about the boxing scene and just giving ideas um, about you know boxing media in general. So um, yeah, it was very nice for both. Um, Matt Truman and I believe Sky Sports as well to put a little um, tribute out to someone who was um, very well respected uh, within the boxing media. So um, big love to Pro Bees and his family, who I'm sure um, are grieving in this moment of time. And uh, hopefully um, Pep Talk can uh, just kind of continue um, despite their heavy loss that they'll feel. Um, hopefully they'll be uh, back up and running again. But uh, yeah, rest in peace to, to Probies. Mm-hmm. Four said. Well said. Echoed by everybody on the panel as well. Thank you very much, James. Thank you for joining us. Hey to Dave, Matty, Andy, who are remaining with us as well. We are finishing up now. Thanks to everybody else who's been on. Too many to name, but I am going to name all the super chatters because we've had a load in tonight. 15 in total. Right, Well, 16, if you include the fact that Ryan Deal has thrown in uh, double super chats for us. Patrick Sweeney as well. James Windsor, Ian Cleto, Ricky Gravel, SKC. Ian Davidson, Danny Young, Paul Callan, Michael McElway, Mike, Dan Potter, Ronnie Hussein and John O'Donovan. And the offer still stands. If you have thrown in a super chat tonight, email nuthousepodcast at gmail.com and I will send you every episode we have done entirely of the back catalogue of, uh, uh, what is it, punches from the past so far. You are very welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Matty will be in the hot seat tomorrow evening. If you want to call in, send in any questions, DM me on Twitter, send them in on patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum if you wish. On the evening, indeed, that we have witnessed Usyk, the road warrior, doing the business again away from home as AJ, Eddie and company got sent to heavyweight hell by the gigantic little man. See you all tomorrow evening. We love you all and bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.